Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. team back for another episode of the scott gibson show i am scott gibson who else would i fucking be hope you are safe and well second attempt second attempt full transparency here on the scott gibson show second attempt at recording this one the the first one disaster two magic gone crazy he's been a bastard today he's been a bastard there's no other way to describe him I love this dog like he was my human son, because he is, in my eyes, but uh, everyone knows, or I, I imagine anyone who has a, a pet, you know, whether it be uh, an animal, or whether it be an animal, I was going to say whether it be a dog, and the word animal came out, whether it be a dog, a cat, uh, a g-pig, a hamster, uh, a squirrel, uh, a pet squirrel, why not, a fox, I know someone who had a pet fox, uh, their dad went out and shot the mother. And then all these babies ran out, and he, he rescued them. Anyway, um, a, a slug. Can you have a pet slug? You know, a pet anything. An imaginary pet, whatever it may be, you will love that thing with all your heart, but every now and again, they will have a day 
when they act like a fucking bastard. And he's sitting here staring at me. And he's not staring at me because he loves me. He's staring at me because I've got a bit of shortbread on this fucking table. And that's all he wants. That's all you want, in it? All you want is that shortbread. Eh? That's all you want. If I give you a bit of this shortbread, I guarantee you'll fuck off, won't you? Well, there you go. No, you dropped it on the floor. This is this is not making for good audio, Murphy. I'll put it there. This this is a, Murphy. This is a disaster. Honest, honest to God, sometimes he looks at you as if he's like a battered housewife. Anyway, I'm having one of the days. I'm up to fucking high door. And I knew I'm thinking, is this is this what people are like when they have when they have children? You know, you just I imagine it must be. Imagine there must be days when you just look at your children and go, you are the greatest gift that God has ever given me. The great, the best thing I ever did in my life was have you, was have you two, you and your brother. Greatest thing ever. And then I'm sure there's days when you're like, how deep a pit do I need to dig? <laughs> I'm not uh, in any way condoning the work that Fred and Rosemary West did over the years, all the McCanns. Uh, I'm just saying, if you're going to murder Wayne's, you know, sm smaller grave to dig. So I'm saying. Anyway, how are you? Safe and well, I hope. Um, there is a high chance that 2022 may be the return of the Hollywood blockbuster because any moment now, Russia is going to invade Ukraine. And you know what that means, kids? That means Russia is the bad guy once again. Yes, 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 yes. Forget the desert. Forget people getting blown up with IEDs. It is boring. We're done with it. We're finished. We don't care. I couldn't give a fuck about movies with American or British soldiers in the back of a tank sweating their bods off. Oh, is it life so sad for us soldiers? I don't care. Get me back on a Russian sub. Yes, please. Yes, please. Thank you. Now I know. If you are a Ukrainian beet farmer or guinea pig rustler, I don't know what they do in Ukraine. I don't know what goes on there. I know they, they, they're into the boxing and uh, shagging. That's it. What else you got to do? In the Baltic, the, the Eastern Europeans are like the Highlanders, right? The people for the north of Scotland. I don't mean Shetland and Orkney. They're fucking, uh, they're backwards old people. I don't mean them. They're for a different time frame. I mean the northern... Proper Heelanders. Right? Ricked up there. Where all the fucking English bampots go with their camper vans. Right up the fucking top. Everybody for that bit of Scotland. It's just like our Eastern European brothers and cousins. Okay? They're all very, you know, very, 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 they're very attractive people. Islanders. Very strong, you know, kind of pale skin, oh, you know, blowing in the breeze, strong as fuck, men and women, men, there's not, not a, never in, <laughs> in the history of humanity has a Highland woman turned to a man and asked him to loosen a jar, never, it doesn't happen, because there are different, there's strong women up there, strong, good grip strength, clent, they Fucking take a tea three strong woman, and much like 
our, 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 our Eastern European brothers and sisters. You know, they, they just go about their life. I I don't know how the people of Ukraine feel about this. I imagine it's very much like Scottish independence. Uh, I imagine there are some who are very much against uh, the Russians, and I'm sure there's people sitting there with Russian flags going, they're going to bring us tan tights and herpes, I can't wait. So who knows? You know? And if you are a, a Ukrainian uh, beet farmer, then I'm, I'm sure you're sitting going, listen, uh, welcome, uh, Russian brothers and sisters. Now, most of you, like I, will not really know uh, in great depth the uh, political stance that we currently find ourselves in regarding Russia. Uh, long and short, many moons ago, everything west of Germany was Russia, right? I don't know if that's true on a map. Geography was in my forte. Basically, everything in the west was Russia. And then eventually, uh, in the 90s, when communism, uh, you know, and, and Coca-Cola and McDonald's was brought in, the, the Baltic states started to, to go off. And Ukraine was one of them. And Ukraine was like, see you, you fucking Russian bastard, get it right up. And off it went to be its own its own thing. You know, it's beautiful uh, blonde women and uh, football teams all dying their, their hair the same colour. That, that kind of stuff, right? Or was that, was that one or the other one? It was uh, it's Dan Pet Rescue. Who did he play for? Da, come on, Google, open up. Uh, Dan Pet Rescue. Who did he play for? Uh, Romanian. Same thing. Romania, Ukraine, same thing, right? It's all out there. It's all cold. Whatever. So, Ukraine went its own way. Uh, then Ukraine started to go. Listen, we like we like the uh, we like the West, you know, NATO, and uh, and the Newt Burger, and the BBC. We're into all that, you know. And Russia's like, how dare you? How dare you? Turn your back on Mother Russia. Few things in the street. Bang, bang, bang. Cut the focus shot. Now I'm giving you the very uh, diluted version of uh, <laughs> Eastern European history here. Bang, bang, bang. Cut the cunts get shot. And then uh, the Kremlin's like, here, you're our inside man. And uh, Crimea's obviously the central point with the thing with the, with the that. And, uh, and now we find ourselves in a position where uh, Putin's like, here, put 100,000 troops in the border and we're, we're going after the uh, Ukrainian uh, guinea pig wrestlers. So that's where we are. Up to speed, understand good. Um, obviously, uh, we, uh, we as in the West, as in Britain, are like, here, listen. Uh, none of that, you know. There's talk of uh, British troops. Uh, they're on notice. They could be called back at any moment. You know? The call went out. Every bar in Cyprus and Tenerife has been asked to send home the squaddies. They are coming back to start their collars and uh, fill their packs and they're getting ready to ship out why is it this time, Gaffer? Is the NHS on its knees? <laughs> Do we have to get the Green Goddess out and put it in some fires? No, boys, we're sending you to the Ukraine border in the name of fuck. 
I mean, you just get back to the desert, you know. Imagine that. Imagine you, you're out in Afghanistan thinking you're, you've done your time. Surely you're coming home. You've put a couple of Afghan donkeys, MI6 trained fucking squirrels, onto the back of your plane as thousands scramble on the base uh, trying to get their children safe. But you're going, hee-haw, hee-haw, or no. I've got to get these MI5 trained donkeys on. You come home, you get a week off, then you're in a fucking vaccination centre trying to vaccinate the people at Castlemog, and then you're getting sent out to the Ukrainian border. Who in another right mind would join the TA? Not I. But we're getting sent out now. Things get quite interesting when you actually start to dig a little bit deeper and you look at some of the nations that are maybe keeping a bit quiet on this. And one of the nations that's keeping quite quiet on it is our old friends, the Germans. Now, I am... Um, I'm a fan of the Germans to, to an extent. Uh, I enjoy Bratwurst as much as the next man. But I would say that if you had to mention the most well-known wars over the years, right? I'd say the top two are involving the Germans, okay? It's uh, the, old, the old World War One and the old follow-up, the sequel to World War Two. Uh, Germany started both, I, I think. From what I understand, there was an archbishop uh, who got shot or something, and uh, the, the the Scottish band Franz Ferdinand invented a time machine and travelled back in time to begin the uh, the Second World War, I think. You're not getting any more of that shot, Brad, so don't start your nonsense. Um, obviously, a couple of other wars jump up. Uh, the Falklands, you know, a fan's favourite. Mostly because that boy with the, uh, the, the fireworks went off and burnt his face. That's why we remember that. But there have been a couple of things... Um, over the years, it stand out. You know, depending again what football team you support, there may be a few battles that you remember. I would say that if anything happens in the future, even I would go back as far as uh, Afghanistan. Yes, it was illegal. Yes, Tony Blair took us in. But I would say this. I always think that the first people over the trench should be the Germans. Just as I can... Uh, not a punishment, because, you know, we've got to forgive and forget and move on at some point. But I just feel as if all the fucking skullduggery that those bastards have caused in the past, I still think they should be the ones that get sent in first, is what I'm saying. <coughs> Why should poor, uneducated, Scottish children, young men and women, and guinea pigs, be sent to fight in the desert. Be sent to fight in Ukraine if the Russians kick off. Have we got these fucking Germans sitting there? Uh, I say nothing. So apparently British and Americans are always ready to go. Germany's keeping quite quiet, saying they're going to uh, put in place financial sanctions. Shut up, Germany. The reason being, and here we go, gas. Gas seems to be the big thing here. Now, not for the uh, the Russians. It seems that they just want Ukraine back. They want to rebuild the empire. Putin's bored. Putin's bored, man. Putin's like us. He's fed up with watching these shite fucking Hollywood blockbusters about Afghanistan. He's bored yet. Right? He, he, he edged his bets on Iran kicking off. 
You know, he thought it was going to regenerate things that way. And I mean, also, if you've got a country that is a big part of their um, their budget would be supplying munitions. A big part of the, the Russian economy, you know, the money that Putin spends on caviar and fucking hookers probably comes from the uh, the tanks and guns that he sells. So you're hoping for a war. And when, they, when the Afghans uh, finally won and the Americans fled and left everything behind, Putin's like, in the name of fuck, how, who are we going to send weapons to do? We can't turn up to the Taliban and go, listen, you want to buy a couple of AK-47s and a few tanks? And they go, oh, listen, the Americans left all this stuff. we got a couple of helicopters we don't know how to fly. It's all gone in its head. Now the Taliban are selling fucking Black Hawk helicopters to the Russians. It's all gone backwards. So maybe Putin's just going, look, we need to create a wee bit of fucking scrimmage to restart the old uh, munitions uh, contracts. Possibly. Germans, I want to watch man. I'm telling you, I want to watch when I saw this. Uh, it was breaking down the different countries, basically how they're all dealing with this Russia thing, right? And the response from each nation's. And it was talking about Britain, and I think, and again, I don't know the exact figures because I don't really care enough about anything to get inf- information. About four percent, from what I remember, four percent of our gas comes from Russia. Comes from other Russia, right? The good stuff, man. Direct from the Kremlin, mate. Only 4%, but it's the fucking... It's the good gas, my man. Proper gas, mate. Piped straight into fucking number 10, my man. The Kremlin gas. Creme de la creme for the Kremlin. You know sometimes, like, when you're cooking, you've got one ring that's hotter than the other? That's the Kremlin gas, my man. (laughs) How is it that that pot always boils quicker on the front ring? That's the front left, my man. Kremlin gas, mate. Piped direct for the Kremlin, my man. Only 4% of the UK. <laughs> Whereas the Germans, 60%. 60% of their gas comes from Madarasha. Now, if I was getting 60% of my gas from Russia, and Russia decides it wants to invade the Ukraine, and I've got a world leader on the phone going, what are you going to do about it? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But Russia is going to invade the Ukraine. There could be a potential war in the Middle East, in the Middle East, in, in, in the Eastern Bloc. Uh, sorry, what? Mate, how many of your gas cookers are working? Every one of yours is full pelt, my man. For the Kremlin, for the Kremlin, my man. You're doing nothing. Will you send troops to the border to fight with it? Ah, uh, the problem is, uh, sixty. How much? How much of my gas am I getting for London? None. So fucking do one. We'll, we'll pose financial sanctions. What are the sanctions going to be? The sanctions imposed by Germany are it's now £1.20 for a jar of sauerkraut instead of 60 pence. <laughs> they got to do nothing. they got to do nothing. I think... I think everyone's long enough in the tooth. I think we've seen enough wars. We've watched enough programmes written by Hernando Emucci to understand it. Unless you've got oil. Or in the case of Taiwan, computer chips. 
Nobody's giving a fuck. Unless you've got a super army. Oil. Gold. Basically something the Russians or the Chinese want. You're fucked. You're fucked. If Ukraine was sitting on the biggest iron ore fucking landfill the planet ever known anyway, here Germany, see if you come along and fucking do a bit of Einstein Dyke, we will give you this debate. They're the heartbeat. But okay, fuck all. You've got beet farmers and guinea pig rustlers. So let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens. I just, I just want something to happen, man. I'm getting a bit. I think we're all getting bored of COVID now. We're done with that. I'm fed up with the Boris Johnson stuff. Um, I mean, by the time this episode goes out, he could have resigned. Who knows? Who really cares at this point? Um, I think something's going to happen. Either Russia needs to step up and go for it, or China needs to get into Taiwan because we just we need a new bit of news. We need something to keep us ticking over. We uh, a few things to talk about in this one. I'm just looking. I've actually got notes this time. Look at my notes here. Uh, Burns night. Yes, Burns has just gone. Message. Who did I? Got? I got a message on uh, the Patreon from a rascal. Uh, shout out to Andrew. Um, he'd asked. Uh, talking about Burns night, just gone the 25th. What is your dream Burns dinner? Is it old school haggis, neeps and tatties, or do you have a twist? Also, drink of choice with it. Uh, cheers for that, Andrew. Um, if you want to ask a question, actually, or access any of the extra content, you should become a patron of the show. It's the best way to support the show. And you can do so for as little as £1 a week. £4 a month gets you access to all the content uh, on the podcast. It's patreon.com forward slash bigscottgibson, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash bigscottgibson. Sign up, man. It's worth it. Extra episode every week. You know, extra episode every week. Uh, so thanks for that, Andrew Boy. Um, Burns, it's an odd one. Um, I don't, I don't celebrate Burns nights. I don't know many people who do. Um, I think a lot of people will have haggis on Burns night, and I think in their head that they they class that as celebrating it. And also, at the same time, if Asda uh, or Tesco uh, didn't put up those big big sign saying, Burns Night, 25th, get your haggis now. Most of us probably wouldn't even fucking know that Burns Night had been. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's a Scottish thing. It probably is, the whole kind of Scottish guilt. And, you know, we don't really like to praise ourselves and praise other people. And if any Scottish people get successful, we like nothing more than to destroy them. When, when Burns Night comes around, it reminds me that we are not Irish. And this is not kind of some sectarian thing. My meaning for that is, if Robert Burns was Irish, it would be it would be like St Paddy's Day. It would be one of the biggest festivals across the globe. But Burns Night reminds us that we could not be any different from our Irish brothers and sisters. They, you think about St Patrick's Night, St Paddy's Day, I mean a day, not even a night, a fucking day, and how well that has, it's the power of marketing, again, how well that has been marketed to the the, the world, there, there isn't a fucking city on this earth that doesn't have an Irish theme pub, not one, you, you go to, you go to fucking Antarctica, you anywhere, 
Imagine if you went to the South Pole, there'd be a couple of penguins propped up against an ice bar drinking a Guinness. They're fucking everywhere. We have a man, a Scotsman, and I mean for Ayrshire as well, proper Scotland, an Orangeman, probably the first Mason. Known across the globe for his work. Even if there's people who don't know any of the poetry, they will probably know Old Lang Syne. Murphy, I swear to God, if I had one wish, it would be to turn you into a human so I could punch you right in the chops. You're not getting any more shop, right? That's Doug. This Doug is unreal. He, he, I don't. I think I'm putting it down to his age, right? I'm putting it down to the fact he's getting a bit older. But he has become, and I mean, when I say obsessed, I mean like a junkie. He has become obsessed by food. If it's all, it's at the point now where I've got to feed him at different times in the day now. He used to he used to feed him. He would get his breakfast. He would get his dinner. No, I've kind of got to split it up into like smaller portions. It gets fed like three times a day, right? Same amount of food, just split up. But you've also got to do it when there is no human food about. If you're eating your dinner and you put his dinner down, forget it. That isn't getting touched. He will not leave it. He will do anything. He would do anything. He'd walk through a fucking wall of fire to get a scrappy bit off your plate. Obsessed by it. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't. I don't know what's happened to him. In fact, he's not. He's not even settling now. We're gonna. We're, we're gonna have to take a short break and come back after this. Right, two of mine has been put down. <laughs> we can continue on. Um, so Burns, just gone. As I was saying, don't think that it is. I don't think Robert Burns is celebrated wildly in Scotland. And I know there will be people who have had Burns Nights. I've been to Burns Nights in the past, but I'll say this. I'll say this. The only time I've been to Burns Nights was through work. Because I was working, I was either gigging at them or I was hosting them. And I always found them... I always found them quite... Not false or fake, that's the wrong word to use... I just found it very touristy. I found it very touristy in the sense that... I don't even know how I'm, what I'm trying to see here, but I think we can all agree. Like, you know when you find someone who is... And you probably will all know someone like this who is very Scottish. And not necessarily in a bad way. Who, who just very... You know, they're very tartan and they're very... Oh, I know my space side from my hay side and my fuck you and the hook. Just, they, they, all, they all know everything about whiskey, they know everything about fucking Harris Tweed and they know every word to the fucking, the, the, the fucking, what is the haggis poem? The chieftain, the, I don't know, Ode to Haggis or Fuck My Haggis, whatever it's called. They'll just know everything, right? You know that Robert Burns was born in 1970 fucking, I don't care, I don't care. And I just find those people and people who are into all that, I just I just think it's all bullshit. It's just all front. It's just all false. 
And you know the type of people I'm talking about. I follow the... I'm the part of the Tartan army and I go out... I don't care. Fucking grow up. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm no into Robert Burns, but not not in a sense of like I I I'm I'm a I'm a gay I'm against Burns and everything he stands for. I just I'm I don't find it. I was going to say I don't find it very interesting, but then maybe maybe a lot of that maybe all this comes down to like education, you know, bloody teachers yet again. Again, I just feel as if it, if it was any other nationality other than Scottish. I think he would be world-renowned, and he probably is world-renowned, but more renowned in his home country. And and again, this all goes back to the Scottish thing. Maybe we should change it. Maybe we need to change it. Maybe we need to be more proud. But not that we're not proud. What are you trying to say, Gibble? Here's what I'm trying to say, right? The whole Scottish independence thing and... Scotland moving forward and being separate from fucking Westminster and being its own nation... If we're going to do stuff like that, then we need to take pride in our great men and women, in our great Scots. And if there is an argument that Robert Burns is the greatest Scot other than Billy Connolly, then Burns' birthday, the 25th of January, should be a national holiday. And I don't think anyone could argue with that. If we're going to go down this route of celebrating Burns and and really, really pushing the pride in Scotland and pushing the things that give us a good stance on the the world and on the map, real greats, not like taking fucking, you know, Glasgow celebrities and making it as if they're fucking great Scottish contributors to art and culture. Fucking bullshit. Taking pride in real cultural uh, appreciation and, and the people who have made a change to, 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 to world landscapes like Robert Burns then make it a national holiday everybody gets the 25th of January off doesn't matter what day of the week it is it's off, it's a bank holiday it's a national holiday, the fucking country comes to a halt and we celebrate Burns we teach it in schools, we educate our children we take pride in it, we, we really we really push it, why don't we start doing that Because honestly, any of the now probably the, the Burns nights that I've been to have been you know organised by companies. There are bigger events, a couple of hundred people there, so it's going to be all touristy. It's going to be all fucking tartan and bullshit. And uh, next up, the gay garden. So that bollocks. The first ever Burns night was organised by Burns pals, and from what I understand, it was like a wake. Right, it was five years after his death. When did he die? When did he die? Um, he was only 37 when he died as well, which which shocked me. He died 1796, 21st of July. 37-year-old. So five years after his death, a group of his friends got together and they had a dinner in his memory and they toasted him, they told stories about him, they read his works, and they just remembered their pal, you know, and they kept the tradition going, and from that, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and now you have Burns Nights, 
It's also interesting. I was reading that apparently he was ready to move to Jamaica. Of all fucking places. Robert Burns was ready to move to Jamaica. Think how good his poems would have been if he had a couple of gallons of red stripe in his belly. <laughs> oh, great chieftain of the bevy race, my red and sunset face. <laughs> red stripe be the name, my grace, here in Kingston Town. He was ready to move to Jamaica. Apparently he'd pumped every woman in Ayrshire and he was ready to move to... Because here's the other thing about Burns. 12 wains. 12 wains he had. One of them, his wife. He had nine children with his wife. Nine children. By the time that ninth kid fell out of that woman, because she didn't even know she was pregnant the ninth time, she just farted once and a fucking newborn shot across the kitchen floor. I imagine she had none of her teeth left after the ninth wane. They sucked every bit of calcium out of the woman's body. Twelve wins was a shagger. So it was like Boris Johnson his day. <laughs> Robert Burns was the Boris Johnson of his day. Right? He was fucking cracking at telling a story. Loved a good riding. Oh, I fucking love riding, man. How different would life have turned out if Robert Burns had moved to Jamaica? So, he was on his way to Jamaica. And then one of his books was kind of picked up or gained a bit of traction. Uh, his first book of different poems, you know, like, the once was a man from the ducket, that kind of stuff. Uh, oddly, his book was called The Kamarnock Volumes, Lodge Number Six. <laughs> <laughs> his first book was The Kamarnock Volumes, and the second book was An Ode to Walter. Oh, Walter, great Walter. So the first Burns night was his pals sitting about telling stories talking with their pal. And I imagine that would probably be a, a far nicer Burns night almost if we were to make Burns night like a Scottish Thanksgiving in a weird way. We sit with friends. It's a small affair. It doesn't need to be this Let's all get together in the Grand Hall and we'll pipe in the chieftain and have 400 Japanese tourists as we manage to get them to pay £85 a skull for a bit of fucking haggis. None of that shite. You get together, friends, family, small group in a house. You have a great dinner. You tell stories. You know, maybe you recite a couple of Burns poems. He's talking about people that you've lost. Maybe, maybe you get you you, you read one of your poems. I don't know. <laughs> like I want to read a poem, my friend. Sit down, John. No, no. It's called uh, it's called Autumn Wind. <laughs> I was in my van to Falkirk when a snow it came. <laughs> Sit down. Sit down, John. You too much to drink. I could be the new Burns, by the way, man. I'm fucking telling you. Here, did you hear that fucking Germany gets 60% of its gas for Russia, my man? Right for the Kremlin? Creme de la creme, mate. But maybe that's how... Maybe that's how we do Burns nights. You know, because I I, I, I always find the... 
I find the kind of Highland dancing and the guy with the fucking squeeze box and the I just find all that very false you know because I don't feel as though that is moving with the times I feel as if this whole all the tartan bullshit and pretending that we all know fucking social dancing and we all know the gay gardens and fucking say we're and we go it's bollocks most people were forced to do social dancing at school and you fucking hated it. And even now, like when you go to a wedding or something like that, the first people go like, oh my God, when they start the, they're like, oh my God, is that the gay gardens? Oh! The first people who bounce up to that shit, they're always the assholes in the group. You all know the Are you telling me you don't know the military two step? Oh my god, he doesn't even know the military two step. What a fucking tosser you are. You know, shut up, Finley. Maybe we should start a, a modern Burns movement. We petition Nicola to make it a national holiday. And you make it a small event. You know, you have your dinner, you tell some stories, you you remember people who have who you've missed and who have gone. Maybe that should be Burns. The one thing that I do think that should remain is the is the food. That's the only thing I wouldn't change. All these people who try to put like modern twists on things. I saw some once that somebody was having like a fucking haggis curry, and I thought y your whole family needs to be murdered. Your whole family needs to be taken out. Um, Burns work. Yeah, I mean, you need to type in Robert Burns now because apparently there's too many fucking Burns for Google. Robert Burns work. Uh, what is Robert Burns best known for? Old Lang Syne, apparently. Kilmarnock uh, volumes. Poems, songs, Old Lang Syne. Right, give me some of the fucking... Come on, Google. Give me some of the names of the books. Life. Don't want that. Oh, my God. When did we have to start accepting cookies for every single thing? Legacy of Burns, this is taking far too long. This is right, scrap this cable. That's ridiculous. Um <clears throat> one thing I would keep is the menu, right? So as Andrew had asked, for me, my <clears throat> Burns menu would be Cullen Skink to start. Okay. Now I'm no I'm no putting this into interpretation and I'm no having but why don't we have some modern Eastern twists on it? Like a bit of Galangau or some possible lemongrass. Colin Skink Soup. Haggis, Neeps and Tatties is the main. Okay. And once I went to a restaurant and I, and I asked for Haggis, Neeps and Tatties because I, I quite like getting basic food in a kind of fancy-ish restaurant. Because I always think there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide with basic food. It's either amazing or it's shit. There's no middle ground. I once in a, a private fucking club, which to be fair, the restaurant was unbelievable, man, in Soho, they had 
mince and tatties on the menu. And I thought, can it be? Because everything else was all fucking, uh, you know, uh, caviar and fucking uh, baby fetus. And I thought, good God, it's posh. And I saw uh, mince and tatties. And I said to the, the waiter, I went, is that actually mince and tatties or is that some weird stuff? And he went, no, it's actually mince and potatoes. And I ordered it. And it's arguably the greatest mince and tatties I've ever had in my life. No joke. It was unbelievable. It was... It was um, it was like a religious experience. I put the first spoonful of, of mince in my mouth and I, I just sat there and went, in the name of God. In the name of God. <laughs> and I had... So I was in my place once and they'd hang his nips and tatties on the menu and I ordered it and I shit you not... I shit you not, the neeps were actually deep fried kind of strips of turnip. And I wanted to get in that kitchen and fucking knife the chef in the throat. I was I was livid. Livid. Even to the point where and this is way this is way back way back when when I was, you know, lit, far less confrontational. I even said when they came to get it, when everything alright, I went, I says that was fine, but that, that wasn't actually haggis neats and tatties. I says that was haggis tatties and God knows what that was. She went, I'll tell the chef. Never come back. Never come back. So haggis neats and tatties, that's it. You steam the bastard or you do it in the oven. You don't deep fry it, you don't put it in bonbons, you don't wrap it in fucking cornmeal. You steam the fucker. And it is mashed potato. No chips, no fucking lumps. No fancy garlic, palm puree, none. It's mashed potatoes. And I would say mashed neeps as well, or you can pulse it a little bit so it's got a wee bit of texture in it, fine. But that's it. There's no there's deep frying it, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing fancy in it. It's just good, honest grub. You can put a bit of whiskey on it if you want. I, again, I would think that's crossing into that kind of wanky Finley territory we're like uh, can I tell you this actually a Highland 14 year old malt and cherry basket oak rolled down for the Highlands of Rachelach I think you're starting to get into that bullshit territory I would go for a whiskey cream sauce if I'm being honest with you um, and then to finish Cranachan now I know some people will say Clutty Dumpling but I'm going to say Cranachan and I'll tell you this Coming back to the Germany uh, chat, the other than a Black Forest Gatto, Kranachen is the greatest dessert known to man. I've been to two weddings which didn't serve Kranachen in Scotland and I wished death upon them. I think any gathering, any event, wedding, funeral, birthday, whatever, Sweet 16, Burns Night, whatever it may be, in Scotland, your pudding should be Kranachan. The greatest pudding ever. That would be my burn supper. I suppose you've got to have a bit of whiskey in there. Um, I'm not drinking straight whiskey because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a paedophile. Uh, I'd have a whiskey cocktail of some kind. Uh, I, I don't know many, but if you know one, make a whiskey cocktail. I would also, since we're keeping burns modern, right, we're moving away from that whole... Let's go down to the fucking town hall and all gathering and day social dancing. Let's make it modern. I'll accept Buckfast. I will not accept Iron Brew because it is not Scottish anymore. If you can somehow travel back in time and get a few dozen litres of original recipe, 
then fine. I'll accept Iron Brew as a beverage. Other than that, it's Buckfast. <laughs> it's technically it's English, but it's been it's adopted. It's Scottish. Or Bar's Cream Soda. <laughs> so you're having Cullen Skink, Haggis Neeps and Tatties, Cranekin and a pint of Bar's Cream Soda. That is your Burns meal. <laughs> oh, man. I actually forgot about it this year. It just passed me by. It passed me by. It passed me by, Burns. Next year, national holiday. We're all going to get together and we're going to celebrate Burns. We're all going to gather somewhere. We're going to have a nice meal. We're going to tell some stories. We're going to have a laugh. We'll, we'll recite some poetry. We'll do some modern Burns. Whatever. That's, I think that should be a Burns night. I think that would be a pretty good example of modern Scottish Burns. And I'm sure the big man himself would have enjoyed it. He'd probably enjoyed it, you know, if, if he could, at the end of it, watch a 9 row video and then get a couple of hookers in. I'm sure that's how Burns probably would have finished his night off. Andy, thanks for the question, mate. Um, I hope you enjoyed your Burns night, big boy. I hope you had your haggis, tubes and tatties, and I hope you had Kranikin. And if you've never, listen, also, don't just wait for Burns to have Kranikin. If you've never had Kranikin, have it. It's the greatest fucking thing. Not any man. It really, actually, I'm, Christ, I wish I was having some right now. This is a story that was sent. <laughs> this is a story all about <laughs> that was that was very fresh, Prince. There, <laughs> that no, that knocked me off counter. Came in too heavy. Came in too strong in that one. Now this is a story all about. This is a story sent uh, by a rascal. Legend Kenny Bridges actually sent me this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I keep meaning to discuss it, and uh, and I don't get it. So we're going to let it discuss it now. Um, I, as I was going to say, I am a fan of food, as you know, by my size and the fact that we've just talked about fucking haggis, neeps and tatties for 15 minutes, but big fan of food, love my grub, um, like most, uh, things to do with food, love cooking shows, love travel shows involving food, basically, I just bloody love food, um, and when Kenny sent me this story, I thought, this is absolutely, one, it, it's got everything that you want in a story. It's got uh, a great headline. It's got uh, the human emotions, uh, sadness, fear, loss, uh, you know, uh, mystery. And it uh, involves food, you know, right up Meinungstrasse. Now, I, I don't know if I spoke about this in the pod before, uh, I'm sure I must have, or if I had just mentioned it in passing, but I was watching a show which is on Netflix, and it's Paul Hollywood, who I cannot stand, um, Paul Hollywood is one of the guys who I, I don't actually know how he's got a career, I don't know who he's pumped, and I don't know I don't know what photograph he's got, I don't know how he's got a career, he is an awful presenter, an awful presenter, Um. I don't know if it's just the fact that those baby blue eyes, that silver hair, gets the housewives fucking ringing in the knickers. I don't know. But for some reason, he was given a few shows of his own, mostly baking stuff. And if you've watched any of them, you will very quickly realise that Paul Hollywood actually knows fuck all about baking. That was one of the things 
that shocked me. I watched a, a, a series that he did when he was in America, and there's a series where he travels Europe. And when he goes to these bakeries in Europe, and especially when he goes to the ones in America, he honestly knows fuck all about baking. He doesn't know any of the breads, any of the pastries, he doesn't know how to make the fucking things. Now, he's obviously got a bit of skill in that he makes things, and it's always my interpretation of it, which is just a cover-up for, it's not going to be as good as this guy's. But if you watch any of these shows, it will amaze you at how little he actually knows about the one thing that's effectively his whole career, his whole life, is fucking baking. So this one is in Japan, right? And he is, I would love to, it's one of these shows that I would love to see the original cuts of it. I'd love to see the the original footage because I imagine they have to stop filming quite a lot when Paul Hollywood says some backward racist comments about Japanese. You you get the feeling that he's always on the edge of going, what is this mad shite they're eating? He's just got that fucking it. I don't know if it's the scouser in him. He's just got that element of him, right? Now, one of the episodes he goes to meet a guy who sells uh, fruit and I only know about this man because I've seen him in other shows. There is a, a show on... Uh, well, it was on Amazon, it's on YouTube, it's by, I think it's by the people who are behind Taste Made, um, anyway, the show's, the show's called Worth It, and the premise of that show is that they, they take one uh, food item at three different, drastically different price points, and they, they say which one is worth the value, so, for example, they will go to, they will do an episode on burgers, or steaks, or ramen, or cakes, right, and they go to three different places, each of them at a different price, one that's very cheap, one that's kind of middle of the road, and then one that's very expensive, they review it, they look at it, they discuss it, they meet the the people behind it, and then they, uh, they decide at the end which of the three they think is the best value for money, uh, depending on what's involved in the in the, the, the item that's up for, for review that week. It's actually quite an interesting show. The The two guys that do it, are, one of them's a bit annoying, but it's actually quite good. You, you get to see a a, a varied uh, look at different food businesses. Uh, a look at, I think that the thing that's interesting about it is because effectively it's the same thing, as in a burger's a burger, a steak's a steak, but when you see it across three different price points and from three different places, you start to see, one, you start to see where the cost comes from as in the ingredients and you also start to see the kind of bullshit that's attached to food so you'll see things that is like for example the higher end and you might think it's higher end because it is you know some kind of fair trade or some kind of exotic ingredient and a lot of the time especially the american ones a lot of the time it's about location uh, it's about the kind of bullshit story that goes with it and a lot of the time you find that the places that are the cheaper option the three turn out to be the best because they are more value for money. One of the things that they do in it is they have a couple of tours where they go to different uh, parts of the world. And one of the tours they've done is a, a Korea one and a, and a Japan one. And when they're in Japan, they actually go to this um, 
fruit guy that's in the Paul Hollywood episode and they, they, they buy these grapes and the grapes themselves are like, I think one grape's like a couple of hundred dollars. So this bunch of grapes like $3,000, something like that, right? And there's a whole culture in Japan, like there is with most of the Asian countries where, I suppose especially in Japan, they will have one area of expertise or one thing that they dedicate their life to. And that also applies to food. So you have people who, for example, are you know, famous ramen chefs. Their whole life is dedicated to ramen, sushi, yakitori, which is the, the barbecue. And then you get producers as well, whose life is dedicated to one product. Whether it be sake, the, the rice wine. It could be rice itself, soy sauce, tofu, um... And in this occasion, fruit and veg, and in particular, fruit. So you'll have these men and women whose whole life, whose whole career is pushed towards growing one particular fruit and veg. And they are regarded as the best in the world and extremely expensive. And in the episode of Paul Hollywood's and he goes to see this guy who grows strawberries and he buys a strawberry for like 300 quid, Right. And when I saw this story that was sent to me by Kenny, I thought, I actually thought, first of all, this is along those lines, right, when I read the costs involved, because I was like, how much would you pay for an item of food before you think is ridiculous? And this story is about a, a donut. And I suppose my question to you is, how much would you pay for a donut? Would you pay a pound? Yes. Would you pay a fiver? Possibly. Would you pay... Now, let me just get the number right. £640,000 for a donut. <laughs> Would you pay £640,000 for a donut? No, you wouldn't. But someone did. And let me explain. Headline reads, Care resident died choking on a donut. Let's go. A care home company has been fined more than half a million pounds after one of its residents choked to death eating a piece of donut. <laughs> the 65-year-old woman of Orchard Care Home in Tullybody, Clark Manager, was on a special diet of minced and moist foods. What's a moist food? Something dipped in gravy. After a severe stroke and vascular dementia left her at risk of choking, her modified diet meant bread products were not suitable, according to an NHS leaflet. A leaflet? Not even an expert in inquiry, a leaflet. However, on August 7th, 2019, before COVID, she was given a piece of jam donut as a snack from a tea trolley, uh, which she choked on. Despite efforts of care home staff and paramedics to remove the food, the resident died. HHC1 Limited, which runs the care home, pleaded guilty to failings under the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974 and was fined £640,000 at Falkirk Sheriff Court yesterday. Six hundred and forty grand because your granny choked on a fucking donut. That has to be the most expensive donut in history. It has to be. Even if fucking Salt Bay pumped one full of minced steak and covered it in gold leaf, £640,000. grand. Not even a whole donut, a fucking bit of a jam donut. And I bet you didn't even have any jam in it. 640 grand. Alistair Duncan, 
head of the Health and Safety Investigation Unit, what a, what a unit that is, uh, of the Crown Office and Procurator Fiscal Service said the death could have been prevented. Obviously, if suitable training and procedure were in place, don't get a fucking donut then! What training needs to be in place? Here's the training. Get everybody in the office. See that old cow there? Mrs McGregor. She gets fuck all. Do you understand me? Fuck all. She was asking for that bit of donut the day gaff. You give her nothing. You give her fucking nothing. I don't care what she asks for. I don't care if she's begging. I don't care if she's on her knees, greeting, asking, for the love of God, I'm an old woman, just give her a bit of donut. You give her fuck all. And see anything she does get, it's got to be moist. Alright? So you get her dinner, you put half a litre of gravy on it, and you fucking blitz it, and then you give her a straw. She gets fuck all. And I, I guarantee you this, before reading any more, I bet you that old woman knew she wasn't to have that donut. I bet she knew she wasn't to have that donut, and she's tricked some poor lassie into giving her, just give her a wee bit, just a wee slither hen, a wee slither. You're not allowed it, you're not allowed just a wee, just cut it a wee bit off her jar, just want to taste the sugary delights. They've gave her a bit, and she's fucking choked on it. <sighs> this is terrible, but I don't feel sorry for the woman. Is that bad? Main meals at the home were labelled with each resident's name, but the snack trawler did not have information on those who were required to avoid certain foods the court heard. Ah! Death by tea trolley. The hearing at uh, Falkirk Sheriff Court also found prior to the resident's death she had frequently been given sandwiches from the snack trolley which repeatedly put her at risk. James Trudgent, Chief Executive Officer of HC1 said, We are clear that this tragedy should never have happened and we hope today's judgement provides Mrs Hughes' family with some comfort and closure. I bet it does. Your granny's deed, but there's 640 grand. And the name of fuck... 640 grand because your dementia granny chokes in a bit of fucking donut. I tell you something, see every day or every year on that day, forget celebrating Burns, I'd be having a donut tower shipped to my house. How is it every every year I come in and there's like fucking a million donuts in your house? That's because we're the donut people. It made us rich. You, you made your money through donuts? Yes, we did. Did you start a donut empire like Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme and start selling donuts across the globe? No, no, no. My old fucking mental granny, the old fucking cow, she had a bit of donut and she died and we got 640 grand. Cha-ching! £640,000 because your granny choking a bit of donut. You get five jam donuts for a pound at a Tesco. £640,000. Unbelievable, Jeff. I tell you this, as someone who has sadly spent some time in a care home, the fucking nonsense that they put up with is unbelievable. Never make the mis- never allow yourself to make the mistake into thinking that all old people are lovely because let me tell you, 99% of them are fucking bastards. I obviously don't know the ins and outs of the case. I wasn't there. But I can imagine. She gets her dinner. She gets her fucking mashed up moist food. And the tea trolley's gone run, And she's just swiped a bit off it. When I used to go and see my dad in the care home, the fucking madness that they would get up to. 
some wee lasses going out going, go out there and give them a wee cup of tea, hey, make sure they're all right. <laughs> Everyone all right, hey, and they all got a wee cup of tea. I, I gave Mrs McGregor just a wee bit of a donut as well. She was asking for it. You done what? And then they go in. <laughs> it says, despite best efforts, they were unable to lodge the food. I mean, she's a 65-year-old woman. Hey, get the old Heimlich. And if you don't know the Heimlich, put her in her belly and jump her back. Or just fire some moist food. <laughs> just, you should have just poured half a litre of gravy down her throat just to soften it up. <laughs> Fucking hell, Kenny boy. Care home resident dies with choking on donut. These, this is the reason why I'm getting excited about Russia. Try to invade Ukraine because these are the news stories that we're getting. And listen, if any of you know the woman or, or she's in some way in relation to you, then I, I apologise, you know. And uh, I'm sure that when you go to Tesco or any other supermarket, you turn all the jam donuts run in, in her memory. You, you, can't, you can't look at a jam donut in the same way anymore. Good luck, 640 grand, man. Six hundred. What would you rather have, your granny or 640 grand? It's a tough call. It's a tough call. Team, let's wrap this one up. Another week. Another episode, but a pleasure. Subscribe to the show. Uh, get on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Share in your socials. Encourage people to subscribe. And I will speak to you all uh, very soon. 29th, uh, I'm in Greenock. Come and see me live. Tour dates and ticket links are on the website. Stay safe. Wash your hands. See you in the battlefield soon. Onwards. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.